Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello, thanks for checking out the podcast. Coming up, Milt Stiegel says, I'm sorry to Matt Nichols and the rest of the bombers. Also, Gar Steak on how crime has taken over the civic election campaign in Winnipeg. Garth is running in River Heights, Fort Gary. And the start, Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb on Portage in Maine, Fork in the Road. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please rate the podcast. And now, the podcast. Hello, Milt Stiegel. How you doing? I'm excellent. How is chocolate milk? Man, I'm always great. I know Any you morning are. I wake up, I'm doing great. So that's all <laughs> you can ask for. I'll tell you what, you got the Bombers and Bomber fans fired up, my friend. Let me uh, begin by playing for you a bit of the coaches show here with Mike O'Shea and Bob Irving on CJOB last night, and then I want you to react to it, okay? Okay. It was nothing about... Uh, our receiving core and, and their ability and um, I think uh, what happened was uh, they took a small snippet of Matt's answer and tried to run with it and uh, you know it's frankly it's a little embarrassing for them I'm sure because um, how Matt answered the question is uh, I thought was a perfectly good answer to you and, and you recognize that also and um, you know one of the things is these these guys have to create news, obviously, and and create a story and create maybe some excitement on the panel. And um, it, I don't know, it just uh, it doesn't sit well with us because it's it's so far from what uh, what was said. It's it's so taken out of context. It's uh, it's just not fair, really. Yeah, the question I asked him was, I, I said it looked to us like you were having difficulty throwing the ball downfield. Did Calgary take that away from you? And his response was, approximately, yes, they did. Uh, I went through my reads, couldn't find anybody open, so we had to check it down sometimes. That's as simple as it is right there. Now, to interpret that as throwing his receivers under the bus, I think is a bit of a reach. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I have said as much on Twitter, and I believe that now, and if you know Matt Nichols, and I've gotten to know him a little bit by being around him every day, he doesn't think in those terms. He would never say that. Yeah. Even if he believed it, he wouldn't say it. I don't He doesn't believe that. No. You know, he started out by saying, I, I had trouble. Yeah. You know, and and that's taking ownership right there, and, and they have left that part out, I'm sure. Um, once again, I, I believe they made a, a mistake, and, and I do think it's irresponsible. And, um, you know, they, they sort of ran with it. And I guess that's what, uh, you know, they, like I said, they need to make a show, and it's, it's too bad. Your reaction to Coach O'Shea, Mr. Stiegel? Well, first of all, I want to say, uh, and, I, and I stated this earlier on another radio show, that I want to apologize to Matt Nichols. Uh, nowhere... In his interview, did he outright say that, you know, he was throwing his receivers under the bus? So uh, I don't want to put words in his mouth. I want to apologize to him for that. Also, with saying that, though, uh, as a starting quarterback, as a leader of a team, I need Matt Nichols to say, take more of the blame. That's what I don't hear out of Matt Nichols. Like Mm -hmm. I say, I apologize for what I said, but I don't hear Matt Nichols as I like to say, getting his Mo Leggett on. Mo Leggett said he played like crap. I don't ever, and if maybe he has, but I didn't hear Matt Nichols say that. I didn't hear Matt Nichols say uh, that long ball to Darvin 
uh, was underthrown, and then the defensive back made a great play. I heard Matt Nichols say the defensive back made a great play. I didn't hear Matt Nichols say, yeah, I threw two interceptions to a, uh, a defensive lineman, and the one he scored a touchdown on, would I have caught him? Uh, I don't know, but I didn't hustle. Uh, so, like I say, first of all, I'm a man. I know when I'm wrong, I'm apologizing to Matt Nichols for saying that. But there are also some things in that interview uh, where I need Matt Nichols to own up and say, you know, I, I have to play better. My fault. As, as, as Mike Pinball Clemens used to tell his quarterbacks, say my fault. Two best words you can say, regardless of what happens, my fault. Uh, and I need to hear more of that out of Matt Nichols. So I'll repeat it a million times. I'm going to repeat it on the panel. I definitely apologize to Matt Nichols, Michael Shea, Wade Miller, Paul LaPolice, that entire organization for those words. Do you think maybe you were a little more sensitive because you are a receiver, and if you were playing on the team, you would have maybe taken those comments the way you obviously did take them? Do you think you being a receiver made you a a bit more sensitive? No, it it had nothing to do with that. It it had everything, I think, to do with I, I need Matt Nichols to own up to more of his play. Uh, when I play, the quarterbacks of the players I play with, uh, and, and I was considered a leader, always owned up to my play. Regardless of what the team did, you own up to your play. And as a leader of that organization, you really have to own up. Those players are looking to see how you're going to react to adversity. Uh, anyone can react when things are going well. That's, that's not the problem. How are you going to act to adversity when things aren't going well, mm. uh, as a team, as an individual, that's what the players uh, want to see how you react. And in my opinion, his reactions uh, the last two games to adversity hadn't been the best. I see this both ways. I understand fans on both sides of this. Some are saying, listen, we're 5-5, five and five. keep things in perspective. We've had a couple of rough games. You know, let's wait and see. And then other fans are asking for Strevler. If Milt Stiegel were coaching the Bombers right now, what would you do at quarterback? Well, you know, Milt Stiegel would never coach unless it was all Milt Stiegel's, but that, that's another story. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you know, it, it is difficult. Uh, and I know he's struggling uh, big time. They still are 5-5. Five and five. And I said this in our three-down segment, I'm going to start him this game. But if I don't see any improvement, if we're not getting it done in that first half, you have to see what Strebler can do. You just have to. It's in the high, This is the most hostile environment he'll ever play in going into that Labor Day Classic. With the things he said the last two games, uh, if the Saskatchewan Rough Riders get rolling earlier, those fans with the signs and what's going to be what's going to be being said, it's going to be something he's probably never experienced before in his life. So. In my opinion, and like I said, I'll never be a coach. I can I can never understand what they're going through. <laughs> I'm going to get in that first half, and if we're not, if we don't have the ball rolling, if they're putting it on us, I'm going to put Strebler in there to see what he can do. That's just me. What do you think of this idea of uh, you know Strebler, Nichols, whoever's playing better, get some time in there and sort of alternating quarterbacks, which has been done not often, but it has been done in the CFL with some success in the past. Well, I, I don't know if. Uh, the psyche of of, of quarter, all quarterbacks can take that. Yeah. I, I don't know if Matt Nichols could take that, knowing that, you know, regardless how I play, there's going to be someone else coming in. That's difficult on a quarterback psyche. I mean, let's be honest. We all have egos, but quarterbacks have the biggest egos in professional sport maybe, you know. They're put on a pedestal at a young age, rightfully so, for all the work they have to put in, for the 
for the uh, criticism they have to take. So when things are going well, you know, everyone looks at them like they are the savior. So it's difficult on the quarterback psyche if you know you're going to be getting rotated. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Strebler would love to do it. I'm sure some fans want to see that. But I don't know if that's going to work in their situation. And what about our defense, Milt? Weigh in on our, our defense. At times it plays really well. And then, as we've seen over the last couple of games, they can give up a lot of yards in these explosion plays that we talk about. Yeah, no one's been talking about that. It's been all about uh, Matt Nichols and not even his play, but his, uh, his off-the-field interviews. But the defense is struggling also, big time. Think about the last two games, uh, the yards, the, the thousand yards they've given up. That's not helping out anyone. You know, uh, they played pretty well in that first half uh, against Calgary, but you see with Calgary, you just open up that door a little bit, and they're going to kick it in and just exploit all your weaknesses. And that's exactly what happened. Like I said, I love the fact that Mo Leggett put it all on him. Man, this was my fault. I played like, like I said, I don't use that word, but I play, I played like baby poop basically. So. <laughs> Those guys have to respond. They have to respond uh, in a hostile environment. Zach Kolaris is playing some pretty good football. You know, he's, he's playing, I think, right where Chris Jones wants him to play. So mm. they're going to have to put up a lot better performance than what they play. A lot of pressures on Richie Hall. A lot of people have been saying yep. it's time for him to go. So right. there's some pressure on both sides of that ball where they need to get it done. Mill, you will always be one of the greatest Bombers of all time. I appreciate your time today, and thanks for the apology on behalf of Bomber fans and the Bombers. Oh, no problem. And the words I say, it, it's nothing personal. I mean, we're, we're talking about football. Yep. None of this stuff is personal. Gotcha. Hopefully, hopefully Matt and Mike and all those guys still love me because I love them. You know, of course, I love the Bombers. Garth Steak was on my show. Uh, Garth, first of all, good afternoon. How are you? Oh, well, thanks. Nice to hear you. Was that last week you and I talked? Yeah, it was. We did the uh, the town hall on uh, Tuesday the 21st. Yeah, on uh, crime and uh, public safety. And I know uh, you had the police union there, and, and we've heard mm-hmm. them say they, they want more boots on the ground. But you also had former Chief Devon Clunas there, and I'm curious to know what he had to say to the crowd. I think what was very interesting was that during his tenure, uh, Clunas never asked for more officers. But he said, in view of what has evolved with the meth crisis, he said, police service are doing exceptional work. They require additional resources, and nobody would have a better perspective than uh, Devon Clunas. Yeah, that is interesting. I, I find that interesting because you're right. When when he was the police chief, he was fine with the number of officers he had. But even now, he admits they need more help, eh? Yeah, I, I think this the uh, the level of violence that we've seen in the uh, in the last number of days is is unprecedented. Eleven stabbings in five days, and you know I watched the interview with Mr. Ends last night, and uh, I think that every parent uh, has their heart go out to the Ends family. It's a uh, a crime virtually of unspeakable horror. It's just uh, almost without precedent in the city. You know, I was talking about Kevin Klein, who's running in Charleswood Tuxedo, and next Wednesday he has a forum like you just had last week. And you, of course, are uh, are running Garth in River Heights and Fort Gary. So this just, I think, proves my point that it's not in certain pockets of the city anymore. It's everywhere, isn't it? Hal, I, I think it's a uh, city that's in crisis. There's absolutely no two ways about that. I think the the fact that uh, police services have come out and said in an area, for instance, like Central Park, don't walk there at night. 
tells you the tremendous demand for resources. You know, one of the things that's particularly surprising is there's been no response from the mayor other than to say, you know, we've increased, increased police budgets and, and we're picking up patrols downtown. That's not the answer. The answer, and let me be direct and unambiguous, we need more police. It's that straightforward. You know, the kind of uh, violence that we're seeing, as I say, is without precedent. And the police have forewarned us about this. This is not like something that just suddenly came over the horizon. There's been a history of increased violence in the city, and we're not getting leadership on it. Would you agree with my assessment that crime and public safety has sort of quickly overtaken the number one spot when it comes to issues? There's, there's no question, uh, as somebody who's walking extensively in Fort Gary and River Heights, crime is the consideration for everybody. We're not just talking vandalism or garage uh, break-ins. We're talking violent crime. And the kind of thing that Mr. Enns experienced, um, as I say, should focus this debate. This is really what this city should be talking about. What are we going to be doing to address this as an issue? There's no singular panacea. We know that. But on the other side of the coin, let's not pretend that this isn't happening. And I go back to this thing that when police services said we need more resources, this is exactly why. They can't keep up with the level of violence. And when you see what's happening with the meth epidemic, this is not being alarmist. This is being realistic. We have to have a significant debate about this during this election. Do you think that, uh, you know, I'm not so sure more. I don't know yet how I feel about more boots on the ground, if that's necessary. I think something has to be done. Is it maybe that our our police officers that are out there on duty aren't being used efficiently? Could that be part of the problem here? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think so. And the reason I say that is anytime there's audits on Winnipeg police services, they're found to be effective and efficient. This is a city that leads the country in violent crime. This mm. is a city, as Mr. Enns pointed out, uh, is off the scale. And to suggest that police aren't being deployed suggests that the people at the very, very top really in our, aren't being effective and efficient and looking after our best interests. No, personally, I believe very, very strongly that there's a need for more police. You know, it's easy for the mayor to say, well, we've kept things down to 1% and it's under inflation, all the rest of that. The criminal element don't think in terms of inflation. All I know is that everywhere you go, people are saying we have never seen violence like this. Rapes in midday. We saw this incredible violence in Central Park. And it goes on and on. There's no end in sight. And it's incumbent, I think, and not just on people like myself or Kevin Klein that are running as new candidates, but I think in every constituency in the city, you'll want to hear from your, your potential candidates or the incumbents where they stand on crime. Public safety is the number one issue. You told me this morning on the phone, I think you said you had close to 100 people uh, at that uh, uh, crime public forum. That's a pretty good crowd. Uh, you know, uh, listen, nothing against you, Garth. You're an interesting guy, and I like talking to you. But to get 100 people out in the middle of the week to talk about crime in River Heights, Fort Gary, I think says something. I, I think it's a dramatic exclamation. It says that people are critically aware they wanted to be educated by listening to police services. They heard a perspective on this thing that they had never heard previously. When you hear from somebody like Clunas that there's a need for additional resources, you can take that to the bank. And as I say, I want to be direct and unambiguous. There is a need for more police services here. Anybody who says we can't afford it 
is delusional for the simple reason we're not going to be opening Portage in Maine. You know what? We're spending money on another leg of rapid transit, but we're not safe. Something's wrong in priorities here. And, and I believe that in this election, people will come out and voice that. And were uh, people in the crowd telling their own personal experiences with crime? Yeah, there were extraordinary uh, stories of people being the victims of home invasions. And, you know, when you listen to somebody like Mr. Ants and what his family is going through and the kind of trauma that they're going to have as an ongoing effect, when people have their homes invaded in broad daylight and police can't make it on time because of literally a couple of hundred calls in the queue, we have to wake up and realize this is the priority. You know what? Everyone has a right to be safe. That's easily said, but it's much more difficult to realize. Garth, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Al, thanks so much. One last note I would mention is that we will be running another forum in the Linden Woods area in Fort Gary on the 11th of September. All right, Garstik, thank you very much. Thank you. Tomorrow, Portage and Maine, Fork in the Road, the morning show here at CJOB, The Start, Mackling, McGarry and McNabb will be at Portage and Maine. You're invited to go down and see them. And please tune in because not just on the morning show tomorrow, it'll start there, but all day long tomorrow, we're going to have facts for you. Because as I've said before, I think that's the most important thing. When we vote on Portage and Maine, and that was the big issue, and now I think it's crime, but it's still a big issue because it's on the ballot. You need to be educated. You need to go in armed with facts, and we're going to try and do that tomorrow. So I sat the start down this morning. I sat Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb down to talk about tomorrow. Portage and Maine, Fork in the Road. Portage and Maine, Fork in the Road. The start is here. Brett McGarry, Greg Mackling, Laura McNabb. No, not in the right order. It should have been Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, the start on CJOB. Hey, you guys are sounding great, by the way. I just wanted to tell you that. Well, I keep forgetting when the mic is and isn't on. But it's I'm- not on, Lauren. We can't hear you. <laughs> Other than that, slowly but surely, I think I'm getting some of yeah. it. But yeah. Are you guys excited about uh, Portage and Maine tomorrow? You're live down at Portage and Maine. Yeah, very much excited about it. Uh, we've been looking forward to this one for a long time because who'd have thought that this would be one of, if not the hot button issue of the civic election? It's yeah. basically kind of taken over the election campaign to the point where people are just so divisive about it and so angry. Like, I've had some really heated, yeah. angry discussions with friends of mine who were like, I wouldn't advocate for Portage and Maine opening if it didn't cost anything. Right. Just yeah. keep it closed. Divided, even if they don't use it. Mm-hmm. They never use the underground. They might never, never been there. Ne- might n- not ever drive through yeah. there on a daily basis. And so it kind of depends on where you are uh, in your day or your commute. But it's a, yeah. it's one of those topics that just people's heads explode. You made an interesting comment this morning, Mr. Mackling. You said you feel it's a lack of leadership. And I tend to agree with you. Weigh in on that. Well, I just don't think this should be going to a plebiscite. This yeah. is something that politicians and those that we that we elect to lead and to make decisions on our behalf are supposed to make. There are far more serious situations going on in our community, things that demand our attention right now, and I would like to hear more from the candidates at all levels how they feel about these things, but we're getting bogged down and weighed down into this Portage and Maine conversation. Now, 
Are we perpetuating this on 680 CJOB? Absolutely, because it's a conversation and it is a decision that is going to affect the future of our city. Loren, you and I, uh, I think, both agree large city i don't know any other city that would be having this conversation yeah. the way we're having it, it. And I think, yeah it's very to, frustrating for a lot of us if we're going to be informed so that's hopefully the goal well, and of that's tomorrow. What exactly i was gonna say because this is the big thing for me education we're here with this vote coming up in october because the people at city hall that should have been educating voters weren't educating voters and now we've got to do it that's kind of how i feel about this well it's happened by default right, right. So here we are. So it's our duty to try and consolidate the facts as we yeah. know them, to present them, so that you can make an educated decision. Yeah. I know a lot of people are happy that they're getting to make this choice as to whether or not to keep Portage and Main closed to pedestrians or not. But uh, my opinion is that this is a failure of leadership. But you know what? We have no problem leading nope. in this community, so that's what we're going to do tomorrow. Yeah. We'll, we'll lead the discussion. And uh, Brett, what have you guys got planned tomorrow? Can you tell us anything at all? The mayor is going to join us. We're going to have... Is Jeff Brawati going to join us as Jeff well? Jeff Brawati's joining us. We've also got uh, Brett Bellamy, I believe, is coming on. He's sort of for the open yep. campaign. And uh, we're going to be down there talking to listeners and viewers. Global TV is also going to be down there running on the morning show. And I think, Brett, we've compiled a whole list that's four or five pages of facts. How long does it take you to cross it? Should right. you be a pedestrian? Yeah. How long will it take you if pedestrians are added to that corner? Um, questions about, you know, not just the cost, but what what was the div- reason that we mm. did this in the first place 40 years ago? And, yeah. and you wouldn't believe how cyclical it is that we're back here now. Can you imagine if we were voting to close the intersection now yeah. and to spend $40 million or $260 million in today's dollars yeah. to do what was done 40 years ago? It would We'd be outraged at the prospect yeah. of spending that kind of money and dedicating this kind of energy. At least that's my thought. Yeah, I think what might be the most interesting thing from tomorrow is that if you do get some people that use that intersection section right they can't use it now cross it but they you know use that area down there and weigh in on this because you're right loren a lot of people that have an opinion on this have never even been at Portage of Maine other than to drive through very quickly. Yeah, so, I think they're the people that have the strongest opinions on it, quite frankly, Hal. Yep. And nothing wrong with that. No. And, they'll, and they'll get a vote in October. But what I like about tomorrow is you guys are going to be there live. We encourage people to come down, as you said this morning, Lauren, have a coffee, uh, be part of this process. We are now voting on this, so let's get educated and let's uh, figure it out together. We're yep. going to have a little bit of a sound-off booth as well, oh. where people can kind of Excellent. voice their opinion on video and give their chance to animate their point of view on this. 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Thanks, guys, for doing this. The Start, Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. All right, so there you go. Uh, be a big day tomorrow at Portage and Main and here on CJOB. Always willing to talk with you about whatever the issue. Portage and Main, crime, the meth crisis, 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868 or hal at cjob.com. Um, quickly, again, uh, just a reminder, if you've been holding off on my pillow, the four-pack special is still on. Move quickly, though, because these specials, sometimes they change around the end of the month, and we're getting close to the end of the month. So if you want four my pillows for about the price of one, the four-pack special, which you get with the special promo code CJOB, we'll do it now. Two premium my pillows, two go anywhere my pillows, 60-day money back guarantee, 10-year warranty. They're 
are little pieces of foam, essentially, in these pillows. And so that's why they hold their shape, but yet they mold to you. You'll sleep better. You'll wake up feeling better. You'll fall asleep faster. I believe this. My wife tells me all the time how the MyPillow has changed her life. My mother-in-law, same thing. Ada's aren't here yet. My, my mom, Ada, is anxiously awaiting the arrival of her MyPillow. So the four-pack special, get it while you can. MyPillow.com or 800-874-8983. 800-874-8983 or MyPillow.com. Don't lose another night of good sleep. And that last line is really the most important line. If you're not getting a great sleep at night, what have you got to lose? 60-day money-back guarantee with MyPillow. And you get four right now for about the price of one. MyPillow.com or you can call 800-874-8983. Don't forget, CJOB is the special promo code. LICE. I heard, uh, speaking of uh, Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, the start here on CGOB, I heard them talking about lice this morning. And, oh, I remember when I went to school, it was a big deal. It's, I think, an even bigger deal now when some kid at school gets lice, right? And that email goes out or you come home with the note and the moms and dads start freaking out. And anyhow, they had on this morning the lice lady. And I want to play back some of her comments. So if you worry about lice, if you maybe have a kid or two that has lice in the school where your kids go to school, advice from the lice lady. You might have missed it this morning on The Start with Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.